with the Bear, live from Fuddruckers West. Join KROD for dinner and conversation with the Bear. For the next two hours, get into the mind of Don Haskins. Brought to you by EPT Management Company, Howdy's, Land America Lawyers Title of El Paso, McCrory's Pharmacy, Price's Creameries, Radisson El Paso Airport, The Rental Network, Technology Management Solutions, and Time Warner Cable. And now, live from Fuddruckers West at I-10 and Mesa, here are your hosts, Steve Kaplowitz and Don Haskins. And welcome, everybody, as we continue live from Fuddruckers West, 5030 North Desert Boulevard. And we are here for another week of the Don Haskins Show. Steve Kaplowitz along with the Hall of Famer, the coach Don Haskins. And for the next two hours, we'll take plenty of your phone calls at 880-5763-880-KROD. We've got some great specials tonight here in the bar. Dollar Kazi's. Dollar Miller Chill, 99 cent chips and queso, and 399 tricked out nachos, your choice of chicken or beef. You mentioned the name Don Haskins when ordering your meal, and you will save 10% off your meal here at uh, Fuddruckers. And, uh, folks, we've got tons of stuff to give away. We've got Sports Expo shirts autographed by Coach Haskins. We've got Balloon Fest hats signed by the coach. We've got some Legends of the UTEP football pictures also signed by Brian Young, Brian Natkin, Lee Mays, and uh, Billy Stevens. Leroy Jordan signed photo. And if that's not enough... We have 20 copies of the book Glory Road that have already been signed by the Bear. He will personalize those for you as well tonight, selling those for $15 a book. So if you haven't added Glory Road yet to your library, we strongly suggest you come by tonight, you do so, and you can get a personalized copy of Glory Road from the Hall of Famer himself. Coach, always good to see you. Um, we're in the middle of baseball season now. College basketball season has come to an end. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. Um, good time to be a sports fan. Yeah, it is. Uh, I was listening to you coming over here a while ago. It, uh, it appears that A-Rod hit another home run today. Walk-off walk off home run, number 10, and it's only good April the 19th. Um, let's see, there's 162. Uh, how many games? Yeah, 162 in a season. And uh, how many games they played? So far, probably uh, give, 12, or, give or take, I would say about 14, 15. Yeah. yeah. Of course, he'll go through a, sl a slump where he won't hit but two or three a week. That's but, right. Uh, uh, I, think, I think it's amazing. And one of the things that uh, I uh, – <laughs> excuse me, I'm telling you. I was, out, right? I was out watching golf. Have new my son. Some of these guys will be in here pretty soon. Yeah, and allergies. So uh, well, it's allergy season. Uh, it is, and I, uh, it's the last place in the world I need to well be. That's all right. Well, we're happy to have you here. Happy to have you here for the next couple of hours. And uh, once again, as uh, we continue here on the Don Haskins Show, you want to get in, 880-5763-880-KRD. We've got a great show today. Bob Nitzberg, a man that started covering UTEP hoops in, in still your coaching infancy, I would say, probably about your first uh, 10 years or so into coaching uh, UTEP and Texas Western. He'll have and, to tell us pretty soon, but uh, yes, Bob's been a friend of mine ever since I've been here. Uh, I'll never forget, uh, he worked at Channel 4, and uh, we got the bright idea after many years. Uh, there was a, Sam Coburn. Everybody in town knows Sam. Absolutely. All right. Now, he and uh, Bob and some others down at uh, Channel 4, they 
they did all of our games. I don't care if we were good, bad, or what. And uh, uh, they even carried the ones from Hawaii. And then uh, we decided we'd put it out for bids. Uh, another channel got it. And after we lost three or four football games, uh, they were going every other game, whatever you know, it was sure. like. And it's never been the same since. Well, but uh, I went through, uh, in fact, uh, um, I, I think Bob will tell us pretty soon, but, uh, you know, they tape delayed. They started tape delaying games. And I kept worrying about that hurting our crowds, but it never did. No. And I'd get, after a game, uh, I'd go home and watch it. Do you know, the last time we did this show was two weeks ago, and the next day after we did this show was the day Billy Gillespie introduced as the head coach of the Kentucky Wildcats. I talked to him the day before, and it sounded, I don't know, uh, Billy at that time, I think it was a whirlwind romance, and um, I guess, uh, well, I, I know if I'd been where Billy was, I wouldn't have done it. But uh, uh, Kentucky is a real special place. Uh, I had the Lexington uh, newspaper uh, uh, call me and ask me about Billy. I told him they got a great coach. He'd do great things, but uh, they just fired one of the best in the country. And uh, uh, I think, uh, you know, way back when, Kentucky got all the players. Like if it's a good player in the South, they got him. Now, there's a few of them at Florida now and Tennessee, Arkansas, and all over that Southwest Conference. Um, there's a lot of parity, and the players are spread around. And um, now Billy is a tremendous recruiter, and but I, I, I don't know. Uh, I think the people in Kentucky, I don't think they understand that it's not the same. I know that Rupp won four or five NCAA tournaments, and... Joe B. Hall won one or yeah. two. Patino came in and won. Tubby won one. First year, that's right. First year. Yeah. And uh, he was left great talent by Patino. And uh, I'll tell you who I'm going to be watching is uh, Minnesota. And, you know, the best of luck to Billy. He's a great coach. And uh, I pulled for Kentucky. I pulled for not Kentucky as much as uh, Tubby Smith. I think he's one of the finest coaches in the country and and they got another one as good or maybe better and, and Billy Gillespie I'll tell you there's nobody getting more energy than Billy that's true 880-5763-880-KRD you want to get in a $50 Border Bucks gift card will go to the caller of the show so come on down and give us a call or drop by the bar here or on the patio as we continue with our first guest right now want to welcome a man who, as I said, longtime sportscaster, longtime sports personality, and I'm just happy to have this man call me on a regular basis on Sports Talk. It's uh, the one and only Bob Nitzberg. And Nitz, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, I think long overdue to get you here for an hour with the Bear. Appreciate the invitation. Hey, uh, Bob, thank you for coming. It's an honor to share a mic with you, Coach. <laughs> Speaking of uh, sharing a mic, when was the first year you were... In, I, I would say introduced, but your first year in the business in El Paso as a, a television sportscaster. I started in 1967 at Channel 13, which then became Channel 7. And I had the honor of uh, covering uh, Coach's team from 1967 to 1990. Wow, that's a great run. That's, 
Boy, that's wrong. That's, that's yeah. four decades if you want to count yeah. the 90s. That's the, exactly uh, right. I went that through, uh, I think I went through 200 wins, 300 wins, 400 wins, 500 wins. In <laughs> fact, I think, uh, as I remember, you beat Arizona State at Arizona State uh, for, I want to say your 400th or 500th, but I forget. We're on the road. Steve Trudenick and I were doing I think the game. 500. 500. Uh, it, and you were up by I 20. Recall. And then all of a sudden, uh, old Mo changed, and you had to hold on and win at the end. Byron Scott, as I remember, was their point guard. I don't guard. remember that. I, I just remember we beat him over there, which was hard to do. And I certainly don't ever remember being up by 20. Yeah, you were up big time. Were we? Yeah, up big time. Maybe I'm wanting to forget that, but uh, it it came down to the wire, huh? It came down to the wire. In fact, I think they missed a shot at the buzzer, and UTEP won by one. Oh, boy. When you first started in 1967 at KELP, what was your your role at the time? I was sports director. So you were. So you actually became sports director in 67. Right. And back in those days, everybody was a one-man band. There were yeah. no weekend sports casts, and you worked Monday through Friday. You did the early, you did the late, you shot all your own video, and uh, times have changed. But it was yeah. uh, it was fun. Where'd you come from? Born in Buffalo, New York. Uh, my father worked for Sears, and we moved to uh, Boston. Uh, never forget, he said, uh, we're thinking of moving to Baltimore. And I said, Dad, we can't move to Baltimore. They don't have a baseball team. And he said, they will next year. <laughs> and uh, the team from, uh, I'm trying to think, Cleveland, well, I forget, the Baltimore Orioles yeah. were born the year that I moved to Baltimore. I think, and I, and I no, don't quote me on this, but I think the St. Louis Browns St. Louis became Browns, the uh, Baltimore it. Orioles. Right, right. So, and so, St. Louis Browns. Yeah, yeah, became the Baltimore Orioles. Really? 1953. You know yeah, actually, right. 53, 53 was the last season for the right. Browns, and in 54, they became the Orioles for the first time. And, and the third baseman that year was a guy named Brooks Robinson. You may remember him. I remember huh? him. Yeah, that's so, so you grow I, up. I, I remember Dizzy Dean playing for the Browns. Too. That's a little before my time, but I absolutely remember that. Or did he play for St. The Cardinals. No, I think oh, Dizzy he announced and, for the Browns yes. later on. Dizzy and Daffy were uh, both for the uh, part of the Gas yeah. House gang back in the 30s. Yeah, do you remember the old story? Uh, uh, Dizzy pitched first game and pitched one hitter. Right. Daffy pitched second game, pitched no hitter. And he said after the game, he said, well, if I'd have known old Daffy's going to throw the no hitter, we'd just thrown two of them. <laughs> <laughs> As sports director in 1967, what was it like to cover a program that just came off of winning a national championship uh, a couple of years before, in 66, you actually arrived the following year, and that was really the beginning of the Nate Archibald era here in, in El Paso. What was it like for you? Well, it was, it was an honor, and I mean, I walked into Memorial Gym, and I mean, it, the first game I, I covered, I couldn't believe the, uh, the noise level. In fact, I have very poor hearing to this day because of all the games that I attended and covered at Memorial Gym. And I think Coach probably has the same problem. It was deafening, and the crowd was right up to the court. Mm-hmm. And we had those crazies at the baseline wearing orange, and it, it was a tough it's place to play. It's a bunch of play. football players. Yeah, tough place to play. Yeah, the, it, uh, you know, all small, small courts that are packed like that, yeah. that's a lot hard, uh, harder to play than, say, over at BYU where there's 23,000. Because um, 
And I don't know what Kentucky's like. I'm sure that's a I think they, tough, I think, tough place. But, said Kentucky sell, were you the one that told me, Nitz, that Kentucky sells out its Midnight Madness? Right, that's what yeah. they did. Imagine selling out 23,000 fans for Midnight Madness. That's, um, um, Billy, Billy, maybe you're right. <laughs> you, you never know. So yeah. you, you come in the late 60s, you're a part of it, you see this program through, and tell me, first off, 1967, 40 years ago, what was uh, this man sitting next to us, what was he like uh, back in those days? Well, I can tell you that students would show up and sneak into Memorial Gym to sit up in the upper part of the arena to watch his practice because they were legendary. Yeah. Did you uh, realize, were you always aware of all the students that would come in and, and uh, just try to get a glimpse of the practice and, and just watch it from way up uh, at Memorial? I uh, never paid that much attention, no. No. We were making too many mistakes to pay attention to what the students are doing. <laughs> Coach was tough on them, you know, and it, it's really funny. You talk to, uh, I think you talk to any athlete at any level, and they come back, and they yeah. say, you know, the coach may be tough now, but he wasn't as tough as when he coached me. I think everybody says that. Um, I heard the same thing when I was at Oklahoma and him. I heard the same thing, guys come back. And, you know, he was killing us, like, uh, during Christmas holidays, 12 uh, nine-hour-day practices. And, uh, well, he's sure loosened up. He's not as bad as when I was there. And then I watched the practice after I was there four or five years later, and I said the same thing. Remember so, when he would make the rounds of all his uh, protégés? Oh, that was great. He came to Memorial Gym. He'd sit on he'd sit on the bench and watch yeah. practice. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Were you we a little sure nervous did. during those days when he would watch practice like that? Well, I wanted him to come because I could get a very good assessment of uh, what we needed to do, and uh, um, you had to almost pry it out of him. Like uh, he wouldn't say, "I just don't like the way you're doing this." You know, he he wasn't that type. Uh, but in, in a nice way, I remember one day, uh, uh, now Tim Floyd was here then, and we're, I think we were over at special events. Yeah. And we took him out to Holiday Inn, and uh, I was asking him questions about what he thought about this person. He, thought, he told me, he said, don't get rid of number five. The kid's a freshman. He's going to be all right. I turned out to be Tim Hardaway. And he said, in number so-and-so, he said, that kid's skinny. Uh, he didn't shoot good, but he's going to be a good player, and that was Antonio Davis. So he could uh, he could spot a player. But uh, I remember we were sitting there, and I said, uh, he said, Don, I just don't understand. He said, why has everybody got their arms in the air and they're waving them and all that? And on the way home, Tim said, you know, Tim was about 23, 24, and Tim Floyd said, Coach, what was he talking about? I said, well, he's, in a nice way, he's trying to tell us to get in a damn defensive stance. <laughs> Before we go to break, i got to tell you right now that I'm, I'm going to read this message. Can I read this on the air? You mind? All right, this is, this is good stuff. You'll like this. It says here, Don, I went to school with you at A&M. I promised my 95-year-old mother I'd come to see you. I played football for J.B. Whitworth while you did your playing for Hank Iba. That's uh, Don Babers right over here who's uh, in attendance tonight uh, at the Don Haskins Show. How well, great a story is that? I'll be, you played for ears, huh? Um, the thin, were you on the Thin 30 team? The Thin 30? Well, you survived. Now, this was like, uh, this guy was like Bear Bryant. Yeah. And... 
they started with about 70 or 80 players, and they got down to 30. They called them the Thin 30. Well, it's I'll, good to see you. I thought you he's still me. thin, Coach. Yeah. Look. I'll give, yeah. you, I'll, I'll give you a chance. But there was 30 of them then. I'll give you a chance to say hi to Don in a moment because we'll take our first break right now. We'll come back with your phone calls and more with Bob Nitzberg as the Don Haskins Show continues live on News Radio KROD. KROD. Welcome back, everybody, as we continue with more of the Don Haskins Show live uh, from uh, Fuddruckers West here at 5030 North Desert Boulevard. Continuing our conversation right now with uh, Bob Nitzberg, 880-5763-880-KROD, our telephone number. Folks, come on down tonight. Dollar Miller chills in the bar, Dollar Kazi's. Chips and queso, just 99 cents, plus 399 trick-down nachos, the chicken or beef variety. We still have... Um, about one or two tables left in the bar, and the patio is open as well. Andrew telling me he likes the patio out here. So come on down and join us, 5030 North Desert Boulevard, as we continue for the Don Haskins Show till 7 o'clock this evening. And uh, getting back right now to uh, our guest, Bob Nitzberg, al- along with the, the bear. Um, first off, Bob, you come in 67. When was the first year you started broadcasting UTEP basketball on television? I think we started, I know the first game. It was at LSU. Remember that? What year? I'm trying to think. I'm thinking it's 1970, but I'm not sure. No, uh, it had to be later than that. I remember when we went down there, we had a bunch of freshmen. So you think it mid-70s? Nate Archibald wasn't with us. Seeing 70, Nate was here. It was after that. So maybe I would, it was I would like okay. to have had yeah, Nate yeah, with I me. Know. I just know one thing. I remember the game ended early. And uh, we had to fill for time. And Steve Tradenick, who, you know, I mean, he's, we, we, uh, Coach and I could go on and on about this guy. Somehow he had found out that one of the LSU cheerleaders was from El Paso. And he interviewed her for 15 minutes so we could fill the time because the game ran. I got back to El Paso, and my wife says, all these people have been telling me that you're hanging around with the LSU cheerleaders. What's going on? <laughs> That's a good story. And you know what? In those days, if you had extra time to fill, you had to fill it. You couldn't just leave, you couldn't just leave the air early. That's right. That was our first game at LSU. Wow. Um, you had a chance to broadcast in the 70s, into the 80s, and uh, probably uh, right up until uh, you, you ended. Did you actually uh, broadcast the games that final year in 1990? No, we lost the contract. I was at Channel 4 then. We lost the contract to um, uh, KTSM, I think Channel 9. Yeah. I think Fred Albers and his crew took over. Uh, no. I, or maybe it was Channel 7. I thought I'm it was sure. Channel 7. Okay, it was Channel 7. I but I, I know one thing, that uh, as soon as things got a, l- a little bit on the tough side, uh, they didn't hang in very well, as I recall. Yeah. And I felt uh, Sam Coburn and yourself, they stuck by us through thick and thin. And... Uh, the school, uh, I don't know who, decided to put it out on bids. And uh, that, was a, that was a heck of a mistake, I'll tell you, because uh, uh, football games, our football team at that time wasn't very good, but yeah. we could see every game. Home, not at home, but away, every away game. One thing about loyalty, when I was at Channel 7 or Channel 13, yeah. I did the Don Haskins show, the TV show. And... Um, 
Remember, Ray Potter did the Lou Henson show, remember? Yeah, sure and, do. And uh, I, left, I left 13 and went to four, and Don came with me. Really? Yeah. He said, you're going to four, I'm going to four. That's and good. We, that's how we started our relationship that. at Channel 4. That's awesome. Well, you know, uh, I don't know, I still, uh, is a thorn in my side about this leaving uh, a station. I know, I know they're all good. But uh, they'd been uh, uh, they'd been overboard good to uh, us out of Texas Western UTIP. Yeah. Well, we weren't trying to make money. We were trying to, to well, us. Well, I mean, you always try to make money. I mean, I mean well, you know, to lose we, money. we 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 breaking even was fine. They with us. I'll tell you what, we Steve, wanted they everybody to money. see the games. We want to see. You know, no. In they those days, it was real expensive to do Hawaii and San Diego State, especially yeah. Hawaii with the satellite, but we did them. Did you ever do home games in those years? Did you ever do any we games did, from Memorial? We did a couple home games. I remember one home game we did was the Georgetown game. In fact, it was so, so it was sold out, mm -hmm. and we set up big-screen TVs. What year was that, Bob? I, I don't remember. We were already Eight in a special in event center. We yeah. set up big-screen yeah. TVs at Memorial Gym for the overflow that couldn't oh. get into the... Uh, special events now the Don Haskins Center. Really? Yeah, and, and I'll never through. forget, UTEP won the game, Yep. and uh, the press went in to talk to uh, Mr. Thompson, and Mr. Thompson did not give UTEP any credit. All he said is, we had an off night. Yeah, well. But I can also remember playing at the Cap Center against Georgetown in uh, Landover. Right. And, uh, you know, they also played hockey there. And they, you sat with your feet on, on the wood, yeah. and you'd freeze because there was ice under there. And that was, uh, I don't know whether you won that game or not. I think you may have won one and lost one there. We got beat by one point. Uh, the deal to play Georgetown is we had to play twice there, once in El Paso, and use their officials in all games. Right. By the way, the officiating was very, very good and consistent. And I uh, wasn't expecting that. But uh, we got beat. Uh, and I remember Quentin Gates and Jeep had uh, shots at the buzzer. We got it back and had another shot. I think and, Antonio missed a uh, shot. Uh, Was he on that team? or on No, my... he might have been on that team. But he wasn't. I do know the guys. We had open shots. And that's all you can ask for. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, a year or so later, we went and we beat them. And they had Matumba in the morning. And uh, they were ranked number five. I thought it was one of the great games that, that uh, I ever sat and watched. Uh, uh, you know, we really play. We play as well as we can play. Right. 880-5763, 880-KRD. If you want to get into the Don Haskins Show here in hour number one with uh, Bob Nitzberg, member of the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame. And it's a shame that of all the games you did in the uh, 70s and 80s, that we don't have any copies of these anymore on video because there's really no video record of, these, uh, of, the, of the minors back in the 70s. And you, until really the mid-80s is when we started to see uh, you know, some of these copies surface from these, uh, to these televised basketball games. Right. No, I agree. I agree. There were some great games. Coach, remember the Paper Cup game in Albuquerque? <laughs> Never forget that. You never now. You never kept these games that you did. You never. Uh, they may be over there. I don't work there anymore. But I mean, so. at, at the house, you never had uh, back. No, in, you know, those years no. of some of the early. VCRs. The only I'll tell you, I have one game. I have one game on videotape 
and it's the 1966 championship game, the the high view in black and white that we yep. dubbed from film to tape. That's the game that, that everybody I has. I have it in my office. Yeah. Yeah. When you, uh, we were always wondering about the uh, about the televised version. That game never survived I any that. any of the TV stations in, in the uh, mid '60s. And for all we know, nobody had might have had a technology to even tape that game back in 1966. Could be. So. Well, they've, they've got it out again now. I understand, uh, and they say it, it's real good. Bob, uh, I don't know how many years ago, five, six, or seven. Uh, Sam Coburn called me one day and asked me to come by his office. I don't even remember where it was. And uh, I walked in, and he had the 66 game. And, you know, after we played that year, you'd think uh, I'd sit around and watch it forever. But I didn't think we played very good, so I wasn't really very happy with it. <laughs> and, uh, I think there so, are a lot of people that would disagree with you. Well, yeah. the, uh, um, but Sam had it, and I, I very much, I hadn't, you know, I hadn't seen it. And, well, it had to be 25, 30 years. So that's actually the first time I saw it. Really? I've seen it one time since then. Let's go to the phones, guys, and go to our first caller of the show, and that would be uh, Frank from Central El Paso. Frank, thanks for getting through. You're on with the coach and with Bob Nitzberg. Hi, coach. Hi, Steve. Hi, Bob. How you doing? Uh, hey, listen, Frank. Uh, I heard Steve say, uh, Bob say, that uh, about the game with Georgetown. But during my days at UTEP, uh, I went to the game, and I think Ewing was the center, or Macumbo, or what his name is, but it was sold out. But it was a special adventure. We it actually, was not at Moyle. No, what I yeah. said, sir, is that we the game was at, at the special event center, but because it was sold out, what we did is we put up some big screen TVs in Memorial Gym, so that the people that couldn't get into the special event center could go over and watch it there. Okay. Yeah, well, that's fine. That's fine. And I think we had two or 3,000 over there. Yeah. Yeah. It was a hell of a crowd. <laughs> it was a major event. That's right, but the, the thing is, you said born. <laughs> I said it was, a, it was a major event when you right. talk about that game and, and what happened. And I, and I appreciate the phone call, Frank. Thanks for getting in today. Thank you, Frank. Um, I believe that was actually Alonzo Morning and Akimbe Matumbo that it might have been in that game. No, they they were in the uh, the game uh, in, in, on the road. Uh, okay. the, the game on the road. But th and, that was also wasn't uh, the uh, was Ewing who was gone? The, who was the guy seven one or two they had after Ewing? He was on that team, but they had two guys, Williams and somebody else, that uh, went in the first round of the draft. Sleepy but Floyd. Actually, we beat them pretty easy here. Beat them, but. 14 or 15. Wasn't the Sleepy Floyd on one of huh? those teams? Sleepy Floyd? I think he was on that yeah. team. Yeah. So. Uh, let's take another caller right now. It's Adrian from Central El Paso. Adrian, thanks for getting through. You're on with uh, Bob Nitzberg and uh, the Bear. Good evening, gentlemen. How you doing? Good, thanks. We're uh, talking about those, uh, what I would call the glory days of UTEP basketball in the uh, mid to early 80s. I was a young teenager, early teens, mind you. And I loved have, uh, staying up at night watching those Hawaii and San Diego State late games. It was really neat to do that. But I have a specific memory, uh, a local uh, product. Uh, I'm, I'm an El Paso High alum, and, and Mark McCall, you know, when he played there, I remember one of those Georgetown games. He actually went up and dunked over Matumbo, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, and, and that is a memory that lives in my mind, you know, partly because uh, it was a local product, but... You know, I, I could just see Matumbo wagging his finger. In those, in those days, nobody did that to him. 
I'll never forget to play. Uh, I was down on the, the baseline, the basket away from our bench. And uh, uh, Matumba and Morning both were out. So we had a timeout and we were calling uh, an out-of-bounds play and it was a float to Mark McCall who could leap out of the gym. And all of a sudden we go out and we're going to run this play and Matumba and Morning are both back in. I thought, oh, hell, this ain't going to work. <laughs> and uh, I don't remember who. Uh, we set a little pick, and he come down the baseline. And the most astonished look I've ever seen on two guys' face was Morning and Matumba because uh, uh, Mark McCall had his armpits over the goal. It was, it was the biggest dunk I ever watched. Yeah. Adrian? And he, you know, he, he's only about 6'2", if I'm not mistaken. He was not he, that tall. He's less than that. Yeah, about six one. This is any, so do you happen to know, Coach, what he's doing these days? No, I don't. I know he played with the Globetrotters several years. And yes. Somebody told me about a year ago that he was in and out of town. I don't know if Mark's here or not, but I haven't seen him. Well, that's a great memory, Coach, and I remember a lot of those days. I remember that one too. Adrian, thanks so much for the phone call. Thanks for getting in. Eight 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 zero five seven six three. 880-K-R-O-D. We'll take another break. We'll come back. More here on the Don Haskins Show from Ruckers as we continue on News Radio K-R-O-D. Welcome back, everybody, as we continue live from Fuddruckers West, 5030 North Desert Boulevard. It's the Don Haskins Show. Bob Nitzberg here with us as well. want to remind you folks that if uh, you want to get ready for the Oscar De La Hoya fight, Pat Goff has a great way to get you all revved up and ready to go. Matter of fact, with the purchase of select HDTVs, Pat Goff will get you that Oscar De La Hoya pay-per-view. Some restrictions do apply, but it gives you a chance to turn your home into the greatest Cinco de Mayo party ever with Oscar De La Hoya, a brand new HDTV from Packoff Appliance TV Warehouse, home of the guaranteed five-hour delivery. All right, right now it's uh, time to continue our conversation here at Fuddruckers with Bob Nitzberg and with uh, the Bear Don Haskins as we continue. Yes, sir? Um, I want to ask you two guys, who's going to win that fight? Mayweather. You think um, Mayweather will? I just spoke to, uh, we, we had Mayweather on the show uh, two days ago. As good as De La Hoya looked against Mayorga, I think that it might be time for Oscar to call it a career. And unfortunately, Floyd Mayweather is at the top of his game right now. And I think How old it might is be too uh, tough. Mayweather? 30. 30. Just turned 30. How old is... Uh... 34. Steve, when I was coming in, you were talking about Mayweather possibly being the best pound-for-pound -pound fighter. Yeah. I would beg to differ. I think Manny Pacquiao is the best pound-for-pound -pound fighter. Do you really? Right now, absolutely. I why, really do. why Pacquiao over, uh, over Mayweather? I think he's more active. He fights more often. Mayweather hasn't lost yet, but he hasn't been tested like a De La Hoya. So that's why this fight is going to be such a big fight to really see what well, happens. That's the $64,000 question. Will right. he be tested by Oscar De La Hoya? I don't know. I mean, Oscar is a great fighter. Don't get me wrong. Coach, you a, big, you a big boxing fan? Oh, yeah. I, w I watched some fights last night. I didn't know any of them, but it, uh, there's a boxing channel. I forget. Uh, the, the guy you're talking to, Pacquiao. Isn't he from the Philippines? Yes, yes. Yeah. And how, what is his weight? 
I, I, he's a lot lighter than those guys. I, I don't know. He's about 130 pounds, yeah. something like that. Yeah. How, how many... Uh, uh, the thing that I hate about boxing anymore is who is the real champion. they got a, uh, this champion, this champion, this champion. Uh, yes. Um, uh, there's too many. Yeah, WBA, WBC, IBF, WBO. Have I left anybody out? That's only four. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> I know. There's... Uh, that's it. No, WBA, WBC, IBO, WBO. WBO. There's, there's not, you know, there's too many. And then there's the Ring Magazine champion, which always makes me wonder, how can a magazine crown a champion, and what makes that any different than the other boxing federations? I it's boxing. Know. But, yeah. guys, you know, Nitz, I want to ask you this. Um, with all the partners you worked over the years in television, you mentioned Steve Trudenick. Who were some of your other broadcast colleagues for UTEP basketball? Only had two. I had Steve Trudenick, and I had Cricket Mosh. Cricket was good. Cricket was good. Yeah. Cricket was good. Yeah. They were very uh, good. He turned out a few good golfers. Here yes, too. he did. And, J and J he did a lot of recruiting on KROD's dime too. I'll tell you. Remember we'd <laughs> well, remember we'd go, we'd go on the whack. We'd go to Colorado State and Air Force and and. Uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, Colorado State or in Wyoming. Wyoming yeah. And he'd visit all the recruits in the Denver area. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, absolutely. You know. And, and at the time, he worked for, uh, for KROD, huh? No, he worked. He was a UTEP golf coach. Oh, you said he, he, worked, he, he did it on KROD's dime. Well, yeah, because we were, we were paying the freight. You know, at, we at, those days, at those days, was it KROD TV? No, it, no, it was KDBC. Okay, so it already switched right, the name change. Right, but right. No, that's still... The only thing I didn't like about Cricket is an Aggie. Well, your I'm sons just, are Aggies. I don't like them either. <laughs> no. I tell you, when we used to play New Mexico State, all of my boys would put their New Mexico State shirts on that day. That's nice. Good to, good to, good to try to rub it into you. Yeah, they'd, they'd get there were my, some great games. Remember that triple overtime fun. game? Triple overtime at New Mexico State when uh, I think Soup Campbell had to hit some free throws to win the game. Great game. Uh, I don't, I How don't many? That. I mean, when you look at all the games you did, are there some that just stick out more? You mentioned the Paper Cup game, now the Triple Overtime game. Were there some games you'll just look back at that you had a chance and said, "Boy, those were really those, those were classics." Well, one I'll tell you about, and I'll include a story. Okay. Um, Tim Floyd was still a graduate assistant for Don. Go to play at Vegas, and they had a guy named Sidney Green. You may remember Sidney sure. Green. Sure. Yeah. And so Don never liked to really, well, he loved to play, play them, but they played in the old convention center. And you'd have to walk up the stands and through the crowds that are in line getting drinks and everything to get into the locker room. So they definitely had a decided advantage. Yes. So Tim's down at the end of the bench where most of your graduate assistants are and a lot of the players aren't going to play a lot. And Sidney Green comes down and he dunks on, I'm thinking Fred Reynolds, but I'm not sure. And he dunked on him. And Coach had a habit of when something went wrong, he'd jump up, walk down the bench, look to see if he can find a player that would replace. And sometimes in the good years he could, and sometimes in the bad years he just turned around and go sit down. So he goes down to Floyd, and I'm sitting behind, I can't hear anything. And Tim told me later, he comes down and he goes to Tim and says, there's your dunk for you. And so Tim said to me, I didn't know I was the dunk coach. <laughs> you probably never heard that story. No, probably didn't tell you. he didn't tell me. But there were well, some, in I'm, the old whack, and he'll agree with me, yeah. Wyoming, rabid fans. Oh. Unbelievable fans. It's hard to play there. Colorado State, great fans. Air Force didn't have a lot of people there, but the fans 
the fans that did show up were rabid. Obviously, BYU and Utah, um, yeah. there were some tough places to play in the old WAC, I'll tell you. And it was the turnaround because it was tough to play in Memorial Gym and then the special event center. The hardest place to play, Bob, was over at Air Force. Now, now tell me, second, what, tell me why, why was Air Force so tough? There's nobody there. It's like playing on the moon. <laughs> it was like a scrimmage. It was yeah, like a scrimmage. There just weren't a lot of people there. You could not get your players uh, yeah. excited about playing. Guys, let's take another phone call right now. It's David from the Lower Valley. David, thanks for the call. You're on the Don Haskins Show. Bob, uh, Coach, it's good to hear your voices. Listen, uh, I have a question for you, and I know, like, at the Don, they have all the, the Raptors. They have all, all the flags up there. But I wanted to ask you, and I know this was hard, but I'm going to try and pin you down. What was your fondest memory? Was it in uh, the Memorial Gym or in the Don Haskins Center? The one that you would pick that you had your fondest memory of both gyms. Of one game? Yeah, one game. Which would it be? In Memorial Gym or the Don Haskins Center? I'll tell you a game that I remembered, and it's not with real fond memories. Uh, about my second year, I think Jim Barnes was, uh, was 1964, or no, uh, maybe it was the year before. But uh, Wichita State was ranked fifth or sixth in the nation, and they came here, and uh, uh, Jim Barnes went up seven or eight foot in the basket. And actually took the ball out of there, and the the official called it a dunk. I mean, he uh, uh, he called uh, the basket good. So cool. And the guy that shot it was from Enid, Oklahoma, my hometown. <laughs> His name was Johnson. And uh, I looked at that thing, and I, and it was not. He absolutely if he just swatted it out of there, but he went up so high, he yeah. went up and caught it. And the shot was put up at about. Oh, 12 feet, something like that. And uh, the next year, we went over to Wichita and beat them in a, a great game. Uh, they were ranked fifth or sixth, and we were ranked one or the other. And uh, uh, they had three guys on that team went in the first round, Dave Stallworth, mm-hmm. uh, Nate Bowman, I forget who the other one was. But those were great games. Uh, uh, do you have... Um, do you have any that uh, you thought were extra good? I'm going way back probably past your time. Uh, myself? Yes. Oh, well, it has to be. not. Well, there was one at Memorial Gym. It was a, a, a scrimmage game against, I believe they were, uh, they were European team Czechs or Russians or something like that. And it was a preseason well, yeah, it was, you know, it wasn't a whack team. But I, I think it was like a Russian team or a, um, it was a European team and it was some big fellas and it was, it was uh, packed. And, and that was one of the first games I went to at Memorial Gym. And, I, I, you know, I, the Don's great, but that was uh, a real good experience when I went to that first game. And it was, Memorial do you remember that? When oh, yeah. You used to play, I, I don't know. I, it was I, a I don't remember. Team. I do not remember that particular team because, you know, we always played some foreign teams early. But uh, uh, Memorial Gym was a great, a great place to play, just like Bob said a while ago. Yeah. I've never been in a place where the acoustics were so loud. 
It was just unbelievable. Yeah, that, that's what, that's how I was, and it was right in the front, you know. And it was just, it was so. And it, this was a uh, not a whack game. It was, you know, like a, a preseason game, I guess. You know, I don't, I don't they were from that Europe. Game. Huh. David, appreciate the phone call. Thanks. Thank for you a lot, Coach. You mentioned Wichita State. Remember when you went down there to the Roundhouse and played them? And I think it was an NIT game or yeah. something. They had Xavier McDaniel, mm-hmm. UTEP one. And Xavier, one of the crazier NBA players, was he as wild as a college athlete? I know he was good. They had yeah. a good team. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah. They had two guys on that team. Uh, they were um, they weren't ready to play us. No. Uh, we had, uh, uh, you know, you've heard me say this a lot, but one of the one of the teams that I thought was the most fun because they overachieved was a team that lost for a couple of years, and that was Steve Yellen, Jim. Dr. Bowden and uh, Tim Crenshaw. Yep. Right. And then we got a, they got better every year, and that, those were the guys. Then they, the the NIT sends you who, uh, they, we, we found out after the game said just go on and keep going over to Michigan, and uh, we went over to Michigan and got beat in a fairly close game, but uh, yeah, I'll never. That is a game that I'll always remember. Uh, I could tell the way their players warmed up. Right. And I've, oh, I've had the same thing happen to me. So, I got see, another that, guess. that's what you worry about when you, uh, the year that, 92, we got beat at Air Force. And I could tell we wasn't going to play. I knew. Nothing you can do about it. No? Can't play, you just settle. That's going to be a feeling of helplessness. Huh? Knowing that's going to be such a helplessness feeling. I mean, you you know that you you can't play and you're not going to win, or at least you have a bad feeling about it. And as you said, there's nothing you can do to try to change it. Huh? No. Have yeah. you ever have you ever watched football teams? I've seen uh, minor teams, and my guys go out and jumping around, they act like they're really going to play. They don't break sweat. What what uh, what other game were you going to bring up, Bob? There's so many. That, you know, when I think about it, I sit next to Coach. I remember um, going to San Diego State, and Smokey Gaines could not beat UTEP. He couldn't do it. He tried everything. He couldn't. So he came up with this idea. I'll never forget. I walk into the, I think it was the, I uh, can't even think of the, the name the of the San Diego arena. Sports yeah. Arena? Okay. He had gotten Jim Brown to come in and sit at courtside right across from the UTEP bench. And I never forget Jim Forbes. I'm walking by, and Forbes said, "Can you get his autograph for me?" <laughs> and I knew he was in trouble. Wow. I interviewed him at halftime, and he was a great guy. But uh, Utah still won the game. And I did not remember that. San Diego State. Remember their point guard who played a little baseball after he got out of the basketball? Uh, Tony Gwynn. Tony yes. Gwynn was the point guard for San Diego State. In Back fact, in the early '80s. And right. we we televised one game. He shot. He, he hit a shot or tried a shot at the buzzer and it just went off the rim or they would have won that game. Really? God, he was a great basketball player. Very yeah. good. What was the uh, the best ar- the best road ar- arena for you to broadcast uh, television games? What Which ones really left a, a big impact in, in your mind, Bob, from, from all the years doing the games? Well, I loved Wyoming because they hated UTEP. I mean, they had the way they set things up for the students as at 6 o'clock they'd open the doors and 10,000 students would come running in. Yeah. And they were loud and they were nasty. I mean, I wouldn't want to take my family to those games. Coach knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. 
and uh, it was it was it was real exciting to see UTEP win those games because the competition was just unbelievable. Did BYU ever hate uh, UTEP as much as Wyoming? You know, I don't know. BYU, the stadium, the, the arena was so every, big. Every, everybody just like. Well, Wyoming. everybody. You remember when Wyoming, uh, they were playing, uh, BYU was playing Wyoming at Wyoming. And instead of going into Laramie and staying, they stayed over at Fort Collins. And now you talk about the Cowboys. And it was during the tournament. We had the WAC tournament over there. Yeah. And that. Uh, that was the most abuse I've ever seen a team take. And it was cold that weekend. Oh, it was too. cold, yeah. Bob, it's been a very fast hour. Thanks so much for reminiscing, spending some time with us, and uh, joining us here on the show. My pleasure. Thank, Thank you. Thank you a lot, Bob. Okay. It's Bob Nitzberg, folks, as we continue here live from Fuddruckers West. Come on down and join us. Still plenty of great seats in the bar. We've got Dollar Kazis, Dollar Miller Chills, 99-cent chips and queso, and the $3.99 tricked-out nachos, chicken, or beef. Even if you don't have a spot in the bar, you can join us in the patio and relax, unwind, have dinner with the bear, and be a part of the Don Haskins Show. The El Paso Diablos will join us next in hour number two. Stay with us. More of the Don Haskins Show live from Fuddruckers West on News Radio KROD.